Matthew Perry was most well known for his iconic turn as Chandler being on Friends. I'm Chandler, I make jokes when I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> but his real life was of course much more complex, and unfortunately much darker, than the sitcom character he became synonymous with. Following his tragic death at only 54 years old, people are finally starting to take a look back at the more grim realities of his life that Perry had openly shared, and are also uncovering the many ways in which he tried to use his own struggles to help others. So today, we're taking a look into Perry's real life, the darker facets that many try to ignore in favor of keeping him in the funny friend box, and the important legacy he really wanted to leave behind. Matthew Perry began acting in childhood. His first role was a bit part on short-lived police procedural drama 240 Robert, but he shot to absolute superstardom when he nabbed the role of Chandler Bing on Friends. And I was the last actor hired in 1994, the final one. And then we started on Monday and you know, the rest is history. At only 24 years old, he was the youngest of the main cast. And while many might assume that being thrust into such an intense spotlight so young was what set in motion his battle with addiction, in fact, his struggles began much earlier. In his candid and brave memoir, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing, Perry outlines a childhood fraught with sadness and feelings of abandonment. His parents divorced when he was very young, and he spent his childhood between the two homes, but often feeling like he was being ignored by both parents. He also felt that he didn't fit in at school, which led to him acting out, once even beating up future Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in a fit of jealousy over the way he did manage to fit in and excel. You know, I'm not bragging about this, it's terrible. I was a stupid kid. This sadness and pent-up anger led him to try to find ways to numb the pain from a young age. He began drinking at 14, and said that at the time, he felt that being drunk made him feel more normal. I realized that, for the first time in my life, nothing bothered me. The world made sense. It wasn't bent and crazy. I was complete, at peace. I thought, this is what I've been missing. This must be how normal people feel all the time. This would kickstart what would become a lifetime struggle of addiction, therapy, rehab and mental institution stints and detoxes. I didn't know what was happening to me. Um, I just knew I had some issue with this thing. And it's a progressive disease, so it gets worse and worse as you get older. Adding fame to the mix didn't help things, but Perry said that before he had actually achieved stardom, he did believe it would be the thing that would fix all of his problems, that having an audience that loved him would fill the holes in his heart that he was at the time trying to fill with drugs and alcohol. He wrote, I yearned for it more than any other person on the face of the planet. I needed it. It was the only thing that would fix me. I was certain of it. But that, of course, wasn't the case. The intense pressure of fame, especially the level of worldwide superstardom that friends rocketed him to came with a new set of issues. And during recovery from a jet ski accident after filming the second season of Friends, he was given a new addiction, Vicodin. He continued on the roller coaster of addiction through the rest of the series. Not even being called out by concerned friend and co-star Jennifer Aniston was enough for him to be able to truly grasp the intensity of his addiction. It's one of the terrible things about this disease is it just takes away the person you, you love. 
He was also maligned in the press for the associated body changes that came with his evolving addictions. While there were whispers about him having an alcohol problem, tabloids also derided him for his changing looks. Perry wrote, You can track the trajectory of my addiction if you gauge my weight from season to season. When I'm carrying weight, it's alcohol. When I'm skinny, it's pills. When I have a goatee, it's lots of pills. The Friends cast grew incredibly close during the run of the show, and Perry notes that no matter how bad things got for him, they were always there for him. It's like penguins. Penguins in nature, when one is sick or when one is very injured, the other penguins surround it and prop it up. They walk around it until that penguin can walk on its own. That's kind of what the cast did for me. Season 9 was the only one that he was sober all the way through, and also notably the one season for which he was nominated for an Outstanding Lead Actor in a Comedy Series Emmy. Perry had many brushes with death over the course of his addiction, the worst being a terrifying incident in 2018 in which his colon exploded and left him in a coma for two weeks. He was honest about the fact that while those incidents did act as wake-up calls, the endless pull of the disease of addiction made it difficult to stay sober. A lot of us who were close to him felt like we lost him to drugs and alcohol um, a long time ago because, as he documented in his autobiography, there was so much suffering. But as hard as things might have gotten, he never gave up. He wrote, I have spent upward of $7 million trying to get sober. I've been to 6,000 AA meetings. I've been to rehab 15 times. I've been in a mental institution, gone to therapy twice a week for 30 years. He was determined to find ways to stay sober and keep himself as healthy as possible. And he also found that he had a drive to help other people do the same. While substance abuse disorders affect many people, the National Institute on Drug Abuse notes that 20.4 million people were diagnosed in 2019 in the U.S. alone. They are often shrouded in stigma. Though addiction is a disease, it's often treated like a personal or moral failing on the part of the sufferer. It's this shame that leads many to try to hide their addiction instead of seeking help, which can lead to dire consequences. Over the course of his own battle, Perry came to realize that while he couldn't magically erase the problem for himself or for others, he could help people begin to deal with it by speaking about it openly. We're not weak. I'm a pretty strong, re resilient guy. But it has nothing to do with weakness. It's a disease that we have. He told GQ, There has to be some reason why I'm still here, having done all of this crazy stuff. And I came to the conclusion it's to write a book that will help people who are going through the same thing that I am or did. Plus, I wanted the general public to realize how hard it was to quit and not be judgmental for people who are using, because it is really, really hard. And that, lessening the stigma around addiction and being open and honest about the depths of his own issues and the resulting chaos is the focus of his 2022 book. Sure, he does share some more gossipy tidbits about his life and career, like his crush on Jennifer Aniston and the time he broke up with Julia Roberts out of the blue because he was afraid she was going to break up with him. But mainly, he just made an effort to be truthful about the cost of addiction and the difficulty of attempting to free yourself from its grasp, no matter how rich or famous or funny you might appear to be. This desire to stand up for addicts extended to other parts of his life as well. In 2011, he spoke in front of Congress in support of drug courts, specialized programs to help substance abuse sufferers avoid incarceration and instead be able to focus on recovery. In 2013, he opened a sober living facility, Perry House, in Malibu, for which he received a Champion of Recovery Award from the Office of National Drug Control Policy. But Perry also sought to help people on the individual level as well. Actor Hank Azaria, who became friends with Perry 
Perry very early during their careers, remembered how Perry helped him get clean. I mean, I'm a sober guy for 17 years. I want to say that the night I went into AA, Matthew brought me in. Um, the whole first year I was sober, we went to meetings together. In his book, Perry wrote, The best thing about me is that if an alcoholic or drug addict comes up to me and says, will you help me? I will always say, yes, I know how to do that. I will do that for you, even if I can't always do it for myself. So I do that wherever I can, in groups or one-on-one. -on -one. Though Perry had many roles over the course of his career, Friends Chandler Bing is certainly his most beloved, and indeed one of the most iconic characters of that era of television overall. I'm hopeless and awkward and desperate for love! Audiences fell in love with Chandler because of his hilarious, sarcastic sense of humor, but also because Perry imbued him with a deeper sense of humanity. We all loved watching socially awkward and neurotic Chandler open up and grow as a person over the course of the show's 10 seasons. What must it be like not to be crippled by fear and self-loathing. We've already done a whole video on what made Chandler such a compelling character, which we'll link at the end of this video for you to check out next. Perry has always been open about his love for the character and his experience on the show. It's been an incredible thing to watch it touch the hearts of different generations. But Chandler becoming so beloved and recognizable also meant Perry started getting trapped in a box, where people not only wanted him to only play Chandler, but also thought he should be exactly like the character in real life, too. When speaking to GQ, he even noted that he hoped that his book would finally be the thing that allowed people to divorce him from the iconic character in their minds. It's a very serious book. Maybe people will take me more seriously. Perry did have notable roles that were very different from Chandler even during the show's run, like his turn as Joe Quincy on The West Wing. He created and starred in a short-lived series called Mr. Sunshine, where he played self-centered sports arena manager Ben Donovan. The series followed Ben after he begins to reevaluate his life after his 40th birthday and tries to turn his life around and get his employees to actually like him. Perry also wrote and starred in his stage play The End of Longing, where four middle-aged people discuss the meaning of life. Perry told the BBC, When we meet them in a bar in Los Angeles, they're pretty severely broken, and they set off on a path to be less broken. Their path is bumpy and hopefully funny. His character Jack was an alcoholic, and though not meant to be directly autobiographical, he was sort of an exaggerated form of Perry. He called the play a personal message to the world, saying, I had something important to say to people like me and to people who love people like me. After Perry's passing on October 28th, there has been an outpouring of love and condolences from people all around the world, those who knew him well and those who were just touched by his characters. There's a sense of sadness that we won't get to experience everything else he still had left to share with the world. As an actor, he was so brilliant. I just wish we, the world, I and the world could have gotten the, like what the rest of his career would have been. But also, there has been a large-scale recognition of how Perry himself said he hoped to be remembered. Not for Chandler, but for the good he tried to do for others. He wrote, When I die, I know people will talk about friends, friends, friends. And I'm glad of that, happy I've done some solid work as an actor. But when I die, as far as my so-called accomplishments go, it would be nice if friends were listed far behind the things I did to try to help other people. I know it won't happen, but it would be nice. It's important that we remember Perry as the full, complex person he was, and not just as a TV funny guy. And it's also critical that we follow in his footsteps in attempting to help those battling addiction, instead of stigmatizing or shunning them. I want people to understand that they're not alone, that there are other people feeling exactly the way they're feeling, that their behavior is not insane, 
that they have a disease and it's not their fault. We have to create an environment in which people who are suffering feel safe coming forward and seeking help and that we are there to help them. That's the take. Click here to watch the video we think you'll love or here to check out a whole playlist of awesome content. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications.